Hey there, this is Julie from Blended Life. Thank you for taking the time to download this episode of our podcast. I hope you find value in it. The truth is though, sometimes you need more than a podcast can offer to get unstuck and find peace in your blended family life. The struggle is real. So this is a personal journey I've been on for years, seeking peace in circumstances and with people I can't control. Becoming Heard was born out of this quest. As a certified life and health coach, I am passionate about helping others just like you and me free themselves from chronic upset and chronic crisis mode. Right now, I'm offering Blended Life listeners a one-on-one free breakthrough session with me. This call will give you clarity to see if coaching is right for you. Take advantage of this opportunity now by emailing me at becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I can't wait to connect with you. Hey everyone, I'm Eric. This is my wife, Julie. We are The Blended Life. And today... Today we're going to talk about five ways that you can be a better parent in your blended family. So it doesn't matter if you're a step-parent, a bio-parent, you're parenting, you're a leader. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to get to a question about what happens when you don't like your future stepson. Well, a stepson who's... Stealing and maybe lying, lying and, a, and a like if you don't want to live with your future stepson, but you're engaged to be married. Yeah, dun dun dun. That'll be at the very end. So we're gonna give you five tips, and then we're gonna get into a listener question. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Blended Life. Thanks for being here with us. Yeah, today we're going to be talking about becoming a better parent in your blended family. And I think that's something we're all seeking to do. We want to be the best we can be for our spouse and for our kids. And so we're going to give you five ways you can do that. Um, But first, before we jump in, I do want to remind our audience that we're doing a read-along starting in September Um, The book is Grace-Filled Step Parenting by Lori Short. The um, link to purchase off Amazon will be on our Instagram page in our bio and then also below this video. You'll be able to find it. Um, And in uh, the information below on the podcast. Yeah. So basically, if you're watching this, you're listening to this anyway, just look down in the description and all the info is going to be there for you. Yeah. So we're going to read two chapters a week for 10 weeks. Five weeks. Five weeks or ten two, weeks? Five weeks, okay. two chapters. So it's doable. It'll be fun. I'll go on Instagram Live to discuss once a week, um, probably Sunday evenings. So we'll be connecting there. So get this book. Let's read it starting in September. And one more thing before we really get going. I want to give a special shout-out to Alana and Steve. They're our newest supporters on Patreon and Buy Me a Coffee. And Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you guys just so much. Um, th- th- we have links down below to our Patreon and our Buy Me a Coffee, and it's just a way that you can help support us, support this podcast, this video series. 
and just support the blended life community. I feel like we're we're really trying hard to, um, you know, draw an awareness to blended families and make this just a better community. Yeah, and get and, that, and really a movement to stop the seventy percent divorce rate. You know, blended families are hard. They're imperfect. There are a lot you can't control, but what you can do is decide how you want to show up and you can learn how to live peacefully in your circumstance. Um, so I think that that is our, well, it's our goal to just be able to bring, like Eric said, awareness, but your support makes it possible now at this point. And so it says a lot you. about you guys just for being here in the first place. Obviously, you care. You care about your blended families because um, yeah. they're not here for us. I know there's no way that they're here for us. We're just a hot we're, mess. We're a hot mess. But, um, you know, just thank you guys for your support and helping us. And um, if you guys aren't able to help support, you know, in that way, um, by subscribing, um you know, hitting that notification thumbs up button, you know, whatever you guys can do to help support us. It's just going to go so much further with this blended, blended life, blended family community. Um, but uh, we just thank you guys for being here and helping this become a possible thing. So yeah, thank you guys. Absolutely. Like truly. All right. So let's dive into how you can be a better parent in your blended family. And I want to make the connection, first of all, between parent and leader. Now, no matter if you're a bio parent or a step parent in your blended family, all five of these apply and all five of these will make you a better leader in your family because as a parent, you lead. It's by definition, you are instilling into your kids um, values and beliefs and you're showing them how to act and you're in reinforcing what they might be wondering about. By your life. So really this parenting role is a leadership role. And like I said, it doesn't matter if you're a bio parent or a step parent. So the first way that you can become a better parent in your blended family, and I'll let you take this one, but through finance, like your finances, financially, how can you lead to be a better parent in your blended family? I think a big way of showing your kids how to be financially responsible um, is having the conversation with them. You know, l like you just said, leading by example, um, talking to them about, you know, how we spend our money, the budget, um, you know, rather than just telling, you know, kids want a lot of things. I just, uh, or is it just our kids? I feel like kids want a lot. No, I wanted a lot of things as a kid. Did you want a lot? Of, you <laughs> always want, kid. you've always wanted, we've always both wanted. As kids? Uh, as, as always. Since birth. But yeah. here's the thing, like coming to the conclusion that yes, we want things and it's okay to get things. And it's okay to want things. And it's okay to want things. Yeah. But we have to teach our kids how to earn things and that money doesn't just grow on trees. I mean, maybe for some people it does. And if you do have those trees, you know, like hook, hook it up, like <laughs> make a little what, what is it when you clone a, a plant or a tree and you send one over this way. But talking to kids about not just no, you can't have that in, you know, or, or just giving them everything, but having the conversation of why why we're saying no to something or, um, you know, making things rewards. Yeah. And I think really too helping kids come up with a plan to get it yeah. 
Because here's the deal. Wanting things is a way that motivates us to work. Like, I want a home, so part of me needs to get some kind of job so that we can have a roof over our heads. Like, basic needs. But then we want a car to drive, and we want health insurance, and we want to go on vacation, and, you know, kids want an Xbox. And um, it's a really neat way to be able to help your kids have a plan Like, what can you do, even if they're not able to work yet because they're too young, they can certainly figure out different ways to earn. And maybe it's like like a six-year-old can't earn $500. Maybe that's a little much. But what you can do is for every dollar you earn, mom will match or dad will match. Or maybe it's two-to-one ratio so that they can actually – because too long of a goal or too hefty of a goal dependent on the age – um, we'll lose kids' interests. Makes it so feel makes it feel impossible. It to has them, right? to be a possible goal. Like, so maybe it is that they earn a portion and you give the other portion or whatever it looks like. But help kids at any age come up with a plan to earn the things that they want. Whether they work it off through chores, whether they earn money through chores, or go walk a neighbor's dog, or. Um, maybe, you know, you pay them for grades. I don't know what about lemonade stands. Don't you, did kids do lemonade stands when when you were growing up? Yeah, but it's neat. It's a neat thing to instill in kids when they're young, a way to earn what they want. And maybe that is through service. Maybe it is through them, them earning money, but it's a great motivator. I think you hit the nail on the head and I think goal setting, goal setting is very important for children. Um, yeah. Goals are one of your favorite things. I feel like goals are a way of structure. If you have a goal, it's it's an end game. It's a it's you know it's a it's a place to get. And in order to get to in order you have a goal, but in order to get to a goal, it's good to set a plan. And plan goals they all equal structure. And you tout this the most of anyone I know. <laughs> Kids need structure, right? Yeah, it just helps kids. Kids need structure because it calms their anxiety. When kids feel out of control, when they don't know what to expect, and adults are like this too, but as kids, we have control over this. So, yeah, structure just just gives a sense of safety, a sense of security. Kids know what to expect. Like, even if they don't like it, they feel safe in it. And ultimately, kids need to feel safe. So when kids feel out of control... They act out. When kids feel like there's boundaries and structure, they're less likely to act out because they feel safe. They know what to expect. Um, and structure and planning will just help them in life. And listen, if you want to buy a house, well, that's great, but you need a down payment. So how are you going to get said down payment? Are you going to work two jobs? Are you going to start saving now for later? Are you going to... Have a credit card and your so down payment's saying, a credit card. So you're card. saying ask like, a bunch of questions, right? <laughs> That's I hear a bunch of questions being asked. So I feel like yeah. in order to get, and this is the way that I have conversations mm-hmm. um, with the kids, is by asking asking questions I already know the answer to. Because yeah. what it does is it gets their brains thinking. Totally. And, and they're little collaborators. Like right. collaborate with them. Yes. Because if it's not landing for them, then they're not they're going to be less likely to be involved. So if you can say how how can you think of a way that you would like to earn money or earn this Xbox? Like what could you do the outside of the normal things 
to get it and see if they have something. And if not, you know, give suggestions, but let them be collaborators, like let their minds start sparking. And it's a great way to build relationships because you're connecting on something that isn't emotional, that isn't revolving around, you know, exes or how our family or the step parenting, like you're now just talking about their goals and their dreams. And that's really how you win kids over hint here for all you people having a hard time connecting with kids get on their level what are their interests collaborate with them and you can teach them by engaging with them on that way financially especially i love it yeah all right um but i also so i had like little notes Mm -hmm. but i think it's really important to be clear when you're leading your kids financially about how does how is money valued in our home and this is a really good Really good talk. If you're not married yet and you're a blended couple, but you haven't walked down the aisle, or maybe you are married and you never had this discussion, get really clear on how you as a married couple value money. You know, do you value, do you want to live paycheck to paycheck? Do you want a savings account? What are some financial goals? Do you want to buy a house in five years? Do you want to have earn enough to go on a vacation once a year? Like, how do we value money or are we just burning it as we get it because we don't really value money? It's just what it is. Well, what that's going to do is that's going to end up setting up the kids. Um, I know I know a lot of parents and people um, over the years don't like to discuss money or finances with kids, with their children. I know a lot of people like this. They just it's not it's part, none of their business. It's none of their business. It's a it's an adult conversation. Yeah. It's a very private and hush hush. Yeah. Um. However, my thinking on this is if you talk to the kids about this, you know, they why can't we take a forty five minute shower? Why can't we um, leave all the lights on in the house? Why can't they don't understand what this adds up to? You know what? Because if say we're living on a fixed income in a household and you know, our budget is, we're just going to say easy number, $1,000 a month is our budget. We only make $1,000 a month and it has to go, you know. So 20 different bills. 20 different bills and show them how the difference is. And when this when this 20-minute shower costs, you know, quick, quick math, a dollar, you know, each time you take, you know, 30 of those in a month, all of a sudden, there's $30 out of our budget. Yeah, and if know. we are six people in a home, yep. that's now not $30. Mm-hmm. That's six times three is $12, $120. Quick math. I don't know. I'm really bad at math. <laughs> and you have a headache. And I have a headache. But yeah, that's it's very true. But it's it's these are the conversations that help you feel blended. So not only what we talk about with these five topics, it'll help your family feel more blended because all the kids will be getting the same information. Um, hopefully you'll be having conversations in your marriage that gets you kind of on the same page. It and this makes, is kind of how you level the playing it field. It makes everyone feel included. Yeah. But also the big importance and the big takeaway for this from, from this for me yeah. is that it puts the parents at the head of the conversation. That's right. It gets the parents They're leading. They're leading. Yes. Yes. And I really think what's really cool, if you aren't doing this in your blended family, and it, we put it under the financial thing, it's it, like we were talking about goals. I think every child in your home, I don't care how old they are, should have a goal they're working towards. 
um, for their specific interest. You know, like um, my daughter is going to learn the drums. So maybe she will want a silent, is her silent drums? (laughs) (laughs) Like drum pads, yeah. Drum pads. So that's, so what, what, how can she earn that? What does that look like? Maybe it's just good behavior. Maybe it is doing chores because I don't believe in paying kids to be part part of the the family. family. Yeah. But a lot of people pay for chores. It doesn't really matter. Figure it out. But I think every child should have goals that they're working towards in their home that the parents are leading, you know, or encouraging. Like if if the bio parent leads the goal, the step parent can be a cheerleader asking about it, encouraging. Like, wow, really great. Well, Where are you on this? It's a reward system yeah. that um, instills work ethic. So, yeah. um, I mean, yes, sh- should kids be working at 10 years old? Technically, no. However, the difference between a 10-year-old starting to work and learn a work ethic doesn't mean that you need to go, you know, put them in the shopping store and have them bagging groceries and stuff like that. But if they're learning a work ethic at home, by the time they become 15, 16, 18 years old, it's much, much easier for not only for the employer or or the work life, but it's easier for them. They understand what it takes and that you need to, you need to put a little bit extra into it and it's just going to go so much further for everyone else. And I think something we have to, as blended families, because we all have difficult children. I don't care if they're your bio kids or your step kids or your bio kids or your bio kids or or your your bio kids. kids. But here's the deal. I think we punish bad behavior, but uh, great. Like I get that. Everyone seems to be on board with like, we're going to punish bad behavior. (laughs) Got it. Right. But I think that there needs to be rewarding good behavior. Just as much as you are punishing bad behavior, you need to be acknowledging and rewarding good behavior because they'll like the rewards that they're getting way better than the punishment. But if all they're getting is punishment, well, then that's what's it's just a a toxic cycle. You know, but if they're able to like earn and and be able to have goals and get rewarded for good behaviors and understand that like, Bad choices might prohibit a goal from happening or a reward from happening. Or push it out a little bit. You know? But the other thing, too, you're talking about... um, We can get into behaviors. Why don't we... Our number two thing, right? Our first thing was financial. So our second way you can lead and become a better parent is behaviorally how and we I feel like this is a natural progression into it but like how you're behaving as a parent step parent co-parent friend wife husband how you're behaving is going to inform how your kids are going to be behaving so if you want your kids to act right you're gonna have to act right but well and before we get too far out of it, you know, it's something that just kind of sparked up from me, but you're talking about punishment and everyone's on board about punishment. And, um, I'm going to take it real extreme for a second, but punishment, say you're in prison, which I've never been, but someone's in prison yet, yet (laughs) they don't, they don't basically get to just have all their rights back immediately. They have to earn rights back. And I feel like that is okay. So that's something that is a little bit newer in our family, or at least at least with me and my son. It's uh, he's he's got a punishment. He's grounded and doesn't just at the end of his punishment get his life back. 
He has to earn stuff back. And I think that is a very, very pointed goal to um, correcting bad behavior because it's like, well, okay, I got grounded from my Xbox, but if I just wait this out for a week, I'll get it back. You know, so the punishment is basically then just a time, time limit. It's a long, it's a time limit. Yeah. But there's no real correction to the behavior. You know, so in a week from now, they're like, oh, okay, well, I played my game for a little while. I and found then something else to do for I've a I've got week. something else to do, you know. So if if they are going to get it back, they need to earn it back. And that has been kind of like a light bulb that you, like, helped me come to this this term of, like, why not just, not, not just a punishment, but an earn back. You got to earn this back. You got to show me that you're going to correct. Because all the kids in the world, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And then, boom, they do it again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And so that is how you can change behavior. We're on number two behavior, but they understand that it isn't simply they act out, we get punished, and then I get it back. But earning it requires changed behavior. It does. And that is the ultimate goal, I think. When a kid acts out or is being bad, we don't like it, so we punish them. But then what? Like, so what? If punishment was going to work, like, punishment's necessary. There is consequences. We don't teach our kids enough about consequences, but that's a whole other podcast. There has to be consequences, but great, then what? It's only half of the equation. The other half is really a changed behavior so that they don't do it again, so that when they go up and are in relationship with other people as adults, they don't do it again and ruin relationships. So part of it is a changed behavior. And I think we're, I know we both fall really short in our, how we behave in our homes as adults really does impact our children. 100%. And I think this is an area Eric and I really need to grow in. Um, If there was one area that, well, I think if there was one area that w- I would tell you one of the five that we're going to discuss that is a challenge for us, I think it would be the behavior. We are, it is it is something we don't lead well. Would you agree? What was that word? Well. <laughs> it's you're hard to admit over. when you're, it, it, it's hard to call yeah. yourself out. But I think Eric and I wear our hearts on our sleeve and we're very emotional and we get, we're reactionary and, I think one of the biggest things, and I think a lot of people can relate, yeah. I think it's it's verbal, and it's <laughs> it, it's our... It's oral? It's oral. It's definitely <laughs> oral. Um, you know, <laughs> dropping the F-bomb doesn't just get dropped on the podcast, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's emotional, like you it said. It is. It's how we're reacting. So if we're reacting by walking away or getting angry or, you know, like... Um, if we're leading I feel like with a, lo- emotion. a lot of it's impactful. We're making a statement. It's like, I heard you drop the F-bomb last night, and it was you. You're like, I'm serious. It's serious, you know? <laughs> What's that smile? I don't know. So this is an area we need to grow in, but it is a way you lead your kids, and it is a way if you want to be a better parent in your family, you have to understand that your behavior impacts their behavior. If you think that you can act a certain way and your kids aren't going to question why you can and they can't, you can only say I'm an adult so many times. You just got a reminder that said, be here now. Is this coaching thing? Are you just reminding yourself to be here? Present. 
be present in the moment. Please be here. We need so, you. This um, podcast needs you. We yeah, can't do this I without you. I have three you. reminders on my phone each day. No judgment. Um, be here now. And I forget the third. It'll remind me later what? today. <laughs> Wipe better. <laughs> Wipe better. Yes. Don't eat yellow snow. Okay. We don't get snow. We don't. Not we we don't even get rain. I know. Yeah. Anyway, so it is something that it is a way if you want to act right. You want your kids to act right. You best be acting right. Cause you can say you're an adult all day long and they're the kid. And that's why you can get away with things that they can't, but it doesn't land with them. They don't buy it. They, it won't change their behavior. You really have to live out how you want your kids to behave and realize that they're going to do what you do because that's their litmus for life. Like how well, you and to live. take this a step further, because I feel like this is the hardest one. This is oh. a very, very hard one, but to take this a step further, <laughs> I think that we as parents need to show more humility. We as parents need to be, um, Mm -hmm. we need to be more, um, what's the word? Um, Humble? Yeah, humble. Take responsibility for our actions. We need to show responsibility. We need to basically step up and be like, yeah, you know what? I messed up. My mouth was not okay. Mm. Like, I should Mm. not have said this. I should not have done this. We need to take responsibility. We need to step up and... And truly, and truly, no. just and and right. be, be able to be called out, you know, and not let our not let our kids parent us and feel like they have control to punish and parent no, us. We're leading by example, but we lead by going right. to them after everything's calmed down and be like, "Look, the way I handled that yeah. wasn't all right. I should not have said that. I should not have done that." Um, and then give them a like how I should have handled it. Like again, we only do half the equation. Like. Yeah. Be humble, admit your mistakes, but then also be like, how I really should have come about this was maybe with a little bit of grace and understanding that you're having a hard time as well. Like I'm having a hard time, but also honoring that you're having a hard time. This is a really hard situation for us all to be in. Um, and uh, also accountability. That's the word I was looking for. We need to take accountability yeah. as adults um, with a lot of things and, and, admit when we're wrong we need to admit to our kids that we're wrong and to our spouses too well i feel like it's very easily when it's very easy to manipulate little kids into believing what we want them to believe but as they get older they are going to see right through that so if we start that or we have started that um as our children are younger we need to break that cycle as soon as possible because If we don't take accountability, our kids are never going to take accountability, mm-hmm. and they're going to see through that. Yeah. And um, it, it it can be a very, very, very hard thing to deal yeah. with. And it's okay to admit we're wrong. And what that's going to do is show your kids that they can take accountability. They can admit when they're wrong, or it's basically going to stop them from lying. And if we can get our kids on that track right away, it's going to be an awesome track. Yeah. And if you're feeling stuck about how to change your behavior, all you have to do is think about the qualities you want for your kids. Like, do you want your kids to be honest and respectful and to take, like, you want your kids to take responsibility? Like, who do you want your kids to be? And then you have to model that for them because the best teacher is a modeled behavior. You talking at kids is not going to impact them. How you live your life speaks volumes more than any words could ever say. So think about who you want your kids to be and make sure you're modeling that behavior. And they'll, they'll at least the older they are, the harder it gets, 
but they'll have a frame of reference to remember back like, oh, that's what that looked like. Then they have experience to draw from and, you know, words people don't really remember. Well, and so. I can hear everyone listening to this right now. I hear all of you guys. Everyone's going, but it's not me. It's my ex. It's their other parent. They are the liars, How the manipulators. I have this ES, I have this ESP thing going on with all of you guys. So, th- you know... And, and I and I truly believe that. I believe a lot of people listening to this are the ones you guys care. You guys are the ones who are here. You want to learn how to change things. You want to learn how to um, just be a better blended family. And we struggle a lot with the other side, the other side of things. But my advice to this is be the example. We can't change what the other side does. We can't change how the other side acts and behaves. And our kids are going to, have to figure this out. Our kids are going to go down this road of trying to figure out what parent does what and who does what, and they and might they figure it out eventually. I well, promise. Thanks for you. ruining my punchline. Oh, eventually, sorry. eventually they will figure it out, and they will they will be like, "This is the parent I want to be like," and that's you listening to this right now because you are the ones that set the example. You are the ones that show up. You're the ones that care, and you are ultimately a good example in your children's lives yeah it matters don't lose heart that it's not impactful how you live your life is it's a slow burn though it's a slow burn um okay i'm gonna let you take this one spiritually so becoming a better parent in your blended family is is bringing god into it or whatever you believe god to be but that spirituality part is an important part of blended family. I don't know how people do this without faith. First of all, like right. I have no I would right. I would give up. Well, teaching your kids about a higher power and um ultimately like for us, you know, it's God, it's Jesus. We are we are of Christian faith and um Learning God's grace and God's forgiveness is so important. Humility is part of it. Um, you know, being able to learn that it's not all about us, you know. Um, there's yeah, why is, why is spirituality so important in your opinion for a blended family and for being a good parent? I think that there's a lot of guidance in it. I think that... It's like a, it's a moral moral, reference, a moral moral compass, a moral compass, a moral reference. Now, other religions have a lot of moral compass and a lot of, we were just talking about a a religion. I don't even know what the religion is. We were talking about a a local church who basically, I don't know what it's called. I don't know what their religion is. They, what you give out to the world, you receive back. It's karma based. And kindness based. Like if you're kind. There's a lot of people that believe in that this day and age. And I, and I see some logic in it. You know what I mean? Like. I think that's a a good thing for people to follow mm-hmm. and and go down. But what it does is it gets your kids on a pathway, and not even just your kids. It gets your family on a pathway of commonality. Yeah, yeah, and, be, and just and and betterness, wholeness, healthiness. You know, just a way to bring the family together and build off of that so yeah and I think it's important too because I know people say walk the line is and that's kind of like someone just said that to me the other day but it is like it's yeah. it's a line to walk right and, and yes it's not perfect and yes you're gonna not 
follow the line perfectly and keep your foot in step. But it is a it is a compass. It is a direction, and it is a it is something for your family to bond over. Now, why don't you talk about our day yesterday? I haven't felt so blended as a family in years. Like that was not even when we go to the lake. Well, because like, we're not blended at the lake. Like. We're not blended. I mean, like, you know, I felt like, so we had this this really good day yesterday. Yesterday was Sunday. Um, we went to church in the morning, um, and all the kids went. And we, it's like the first time we've all been together at church, but it was so different because. Well, I think, I think, I think ahead, a place explain. that we need to start off is when we go to church, when we do stuff like this, the kids don't have a say. The kids don't have, uh, I don't want to go, I don't want to be there, I don't want to be part of this. So, aside even from church, if you guys as parents want your kids to go do something, you are the parents, kids are going to go. So, our kids have no say when it comes to church, you know? I mean, if there's if a kid's sick or, you know, prior commitment or something, but at the end of the day, if we say we're going to church, our kids are going to church with us, right? Yep. So, we went to church. And then we had a day. What did you guys do yesterday? I'm, I'm trying to even remember. Um, my son just was in his room uh-huh. doing his teenage dude computer game Making thing. Making ball soup. Yeah. And then um, my daughter and I ran errands. Okay. And then I did laundry. I mean, I did housework. I vacuumed the house. I vacuumed the couch. Anyone else vacuum your couch if you have a cloth couch? I vacuumed our bed. <laughs> We have dogs, so I just vacuum everything <laughs> and I children. can. Dogs and children. Um, so I just I did housework. We ran some errands. Um, it was low key, but it was nice to have time to get that stuff done because this week's crazy. Yeah. So that's what we did, and then you guys went to the water. Buddy slides. and I went out to the water slides. We yeah. shredded the water slides. We actually we posted some video on Blended Life Raw. Our if you guys know about like our our Patreon and our Buy Me a, a Coffee accounts, we have. Um, a Blended Life Raw Instagram channel, which is a private channel. If you are a supporter of us, we actually let you guys into a special account where we live stream as we're recording. So anyone on Blended Life Raw has heard this before you guys. Um, But we also put behind the scenes content and just different content that we don't normally do. We can talk about things we can't talk about here because... Because of things. Um, <laughs> I'm so, sure you can read between the lines. Um, so, <laughs> we, so Buddy and I went out to the water slides, and we have water slide footage of us shredding the slides mm-hmm. and grinding and doing flips and tricks, and, and people are like, what? What the heck is that? So anyways, so that's on there. But then we came home. We all decided we're going back to church at 6 o'clock because what what was it called it was a rally but it was like a our church had a a like a how to get involved how to find the place that you belong in church like basically a service rally for how can you be connected in the church how can you serve in our church how can you find a sense of belonging in our church because we we attend a pretty big church it's over a thousand people easily and so it's it's hard to um feel connected in such a big church. So I appreciate that our church, you know, put on a rally to like all come together. Those of you who want to find a place and a belonging and serve and get more involved. Um, so we had like a little rally where yeah, we, that got, we were going to go, yeah. but that we're, we're getting ready to leave though. And what was the conversation? Um, I was like, well, if the kids don't want to go, 
Like, should we make them go if they're not like, I don't, I didn't, I had never been to one before. So I was like, I don't know. And I mean, the oldest was going to go because we had a pointed direction we wanted him to get involved in and um, something he expressed interest in. So he was going to go, but then the younger two really didn't want to go. And so I was like, they went to church this morning. Should we force them to go again tonight? And then you were the great leader that you are and said. (laughs) Uh, You know what? I'm like, if we're going to teach our kids how to get involved, we're going to teach our kids how to eventually lead one day. We want our kids to be spiritually present. And we just, at, at the end of the day, we want our blended family to be blended. We need to sh- we need to have the kids show up. We don't give them the option to opt out and not go and be a part of this. And I feel like we got there and the two youngest, the oldest does always kind of go with the flow of stuff like this, but the two youngest were like kind of bummed out. Like, when do we get to leave? How long do we get to be here? But then like the service part of it got over and they got to socialize a little bit. They got to meet people and see friends there was a new youth pastor. And there was food. There so was lots of food. Our, and not just food. There was lots liked, of treats. Well, yeah. So our our youngest was all about that. Yeah. So she really liked that. But all of <laughs> a sudden, long story short, all of the kids got connected in a way to yeah. something new. Um, and it wasn't forced upon them. And I think that's the biggest thing. It wasn't a forced thing. Like, nope, you're going to Sunday school. You're doing this. And you're going down this line. They got to kind of just be there, meet people. And then people. they scattered, and they all did their they own all thing. They all did their own thing, like to the point to where when we had to leave at the very end, it was like, uh-oh, we need to find all these kids. You go there. I'll meet you there. I'll find this one, and we'll meet you there. Um, but the important thing was that we showed up as a family. And like you said, you haven't felt like such a blended family in such a long time. Yeah. But it was nice to be at an event like this and be like, this is – this is us. This is my wife. This is our children. This is who this is and this is. And people could visualize us as a whole. I feel like a lot of times people <laughs> know me or they know you, but they don't know us together. They, like Sunday school was interesting because people knew us together, but they didn't know our youngest daughter belonged to us. Right. Yeah. I was like, oh, right. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. exactly. People, people who like we know, I feel very in well, the community. Yeah. very well, you know, we're on a first name basis. You know, we know their spouses. We've grown up with them and they're like, wait a second. Like they're starting to tie pieces together. And how many times did that even happen yesterday in a whole? A well, it made me think like if you aren't showing up as a family, people aren't going to know you as a family. Right. So and that further divides, like I was, I was. So I tend to, to circle the drain and go off on tangents and make, you know, long things out of nothing. But it really was like, oh, interesting. We're always doing things in pairs or like it'll be me and my kids and you and your son and we're right. doing our own things or yep. you and I and the kids aren't with us or maybe I'll have one of my kids or and nobody ever gets to witness our family. Yeah. And I was I had this epiphany yesterday that. That's a big contributor to why we don't feel like a blended family. There's no one witnessing our family. I think it's a big part of it when you're showing up as a family and you're seen as a unit. When people see you as a unit, it makes you feel like a unit. And I didn't really think about that ever until last night. So I'm still I'm still playing with that in my head as far as like how to like but it's well, you know, it's like it's like if you're married mm-hmm. and nobody knows your spouse and they only know you. It's like you're married in theory, but 
Are yeah, you but really? it's just but this is just a real thing. I think a great right. way to start, like for people that have younger children, that I really tried to press upon when we were younger, and I'm kind of calling you out, but I'm calling us out, is events, school events, sporting events, making the whole family show up. And now, now the other kids don't like it because they don't want to go watch brother play baseball and sit there for hours, you know, or sister play soccer and sit there for hours. But Especially the, when she's not actually playing soccer. <laughs> she's out there picking flowers. <laughs> Walking around, sitting down, refusing to run. <laughs> yeah, but I think it is part of what you were just discussing and, and explaining is it's showing up as a family, and it's showing up to support your brother and sisters, um, whereas the table's turned and brother's playing hockey. Now he wants, bro- he wants his brothers and sisters or stepbrothers and sisters there. He wants his mom there, his dad, there, his stepmom, his stepdad there. Um, because that makes you feel good, right? When you have an audience there to watch you, when you have support. And I think that's what it is. It's a support thing. So well, how people can- can't, people can't support you. Like if they don't know you, so how can people, if you're not being recognized as a family, how are you going to feel like a family? Well, and how are people going to support your family? It's also, it's a relationship thing. Yeah. Like, how are you going to expect someone to come support you and you won't go support them and vice versa? Yeah. And that was part of my argument to the kids yesterday. It's like, look, we're showing up to church. You know, I think the oldest was trying to call us out on it. Like, well, what are we going to go do? Or how are we going to do this? How are we going to serve? Whatever. And it's like, listen, you don't, you don't wait until you have an issue or a problem or a need to have someone come help you and then you pay it back later. There are people right now in need that we go and we support and we help, whether it be in the church, whether it be in the community, people in general. And to bring it home, our church community is some are people that will be there for us. If we were to lose everything tomorrow, have a bad accident, you know, God forbid something happens to one of us, or a children, we can't, we can't work, you know, something, something drastic happens, which happens all the time in all families, you know, it's just something that has happened, you know, and it, and people are always like, God, why, like, why me, why us? It's something that happens. So if we could be the people that show up now, when we don't need anything in return, if that ever happens, it's not like, well, where were you when we needed help, you know, and it's not always how people act. But there are always people in need. Look at, you know, what has happened in Florida. Look what's happening across our borders. Look what's happening all over the world. There's always people in need. And a way we to, don't need to wait to serve until and, and to, to, and to give back to what to we got. To give back served. to what we got. Exactly. Yeah, That's we <laughs> need to we need to like be serving because not because we might need it, but because it's exactly. the right thing to do. Exactly. And because we're yeah. capable, we're able. Mm-hmm. And and as as Christian believers, we are there to lend a hand and be there for um, our brothers and sisters, you know, yeah. and, 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 and believers or non-believers, just because someone might not be a Christian like you or I are, doesn't mean that we need to turn our back on them. Absolutely not, not. No, it actually, we are, we are actually Those called are the people to, who need us the most. Yeah. 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 And, um, and, 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 putting that aside, I don't care what political background you are. Um, if, if we cared about stuff like that or, mm-hmm. um, you know, what religion you are, we wouldn't be putting this type of stuff out for free. And I want this to help everyone of 
every community, of every walk of life, every shape, religion, color, religion, every belief, that's right. anything. It's, yeah. it's you don't have to be Christian to do good for and help others, exactly. right? Exactly. So if we can teach our yeah. kids that, that we can serve people without receiving in mm-hmm. return, mm-hmm. which is such a hard thing with kids, I think that uh, it'll go a lot further. So. Yeah. Okay. So we should move on to number four. All right. All right. Um, educationally. I don't know if educationally is a word. It's your word. It's my word. I thought I made up words on this. Um, but how you can be a better parent is through education. Education is the biggest part of your kids' lives while they're in your home. School, right? It, well, school's the basic one. I feel like school's the one that everyone, when you say education. all kids in school, that their majority of their time with you, they're in, like, it's school-based, focused, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like from preschool to right. high school and right. then even college. Like school is a really – education is a really important part of our kids' lives. And so how can we be, be a better parent is, you know, how are you showing up in the edu- – like for your kids and supporting them in their education? And what are you modeling for them? So even by doing this, this read-along we're going to do – my kids are going to see me engaging in education beyond school, right? So learning and growing and trying to be better by engaging in educating myself on, you know, grace-filled step-parenting. And they're like, oh, mom mom isn't just done after college. Absolutely right. not. Like, And so if, if I want my kids to be reading, right? I'm going to be reading. If I want my kids to be engaged in um, self-awareness and personal growth and health, like it is education on all fronts, right? Right. It is beyond school. It's learning sports, learning a talent, learning how to eat healthy, how to be good mentally, like how to, you know, manage relationships, relationships. like education goes beyond the school walls, which I think was your point. Yeah, that's where I even started to bring this up i mean everything that you're saying is right on point but i think education doesn't just start and end with school i think education is before our kids even get to preschool you know after the kids come home from school um, teaching the kids value in family life teaching them value in Exercise, Exercise, eating well, health, wellness. If it's a value to you and and you hope your kids do well one day, um, you know, for instance, us us men with daughters, you know, do we want to teach our our daughters, you know, that it's okay to be mistreated, that, um, you know, us, us parents with sons, that it's okay to mistreat our wives or our girlfriends? Well, if we're not treating our spouses the way that we want to be treated or we want them to treat others then we need to be we need to change our behaviors and our and our habits and i think that is that's just something it it all starts at home yeah and it is about what you're teaching your kids and how you're teaching them um and the like we said earlier the greatest teacher is how you're living your life but i think it's also really pouring into your kids like if you're like so I already brought up that our youngest is going to do drums. Drums, yep. Drum, so that's drum, drums. us. Hook, like it was her interest, but it's like hooking her up, and that was all Eric actually making this happen for her, which was really sweet. Um, 
is she's going to further her music education. Who knew that that's, I had no idea if you would have asked me, she was like three, four, five, six, seven, if this is where we would be now, but no. So it's like fostering the kids in seeing what they want to learn and then making it happen for them so that they can learn new, like, well, new here's, things, here's the know? thing too, when it comes to education, um, and career paths and everything. And if we've, we've been talking about this personally in our household for a long time. We can talk about more about it later. <laughs> on raw only. On raw. <laughs> but I think listening to our kids yeah. is a big thing. A lot of kids say, oh, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. I don't know what I want to be. But if we truly listen to our kids. They know what they want to do. They truly. Oh, yeah. And if even if they <laughs> don't, they will give you they will give you a bit of an idea that you can at least give them suggestions. You know, if we never would have listened to your daughter when it came to this drumming thing, she didn't know what it took to say, hey, I want to take drum lessons. I want to learn the drums. It was her talking about drums and different things about it and her just being into music that was like, hey, do you want us to look into drum lessons for you? And she's like, yeah, I'd try that. That sounds like fun. It's never been that way. And I've and never just, seen her ha- so happy in the last no, two years. But it was an knows, epiphany. Yeah. But the reason that this even came about is because we were listening. We were engaged yeah. with her. Yeah. We were engaged with our child and listening to what they have to say because it's a relationship. And relationships take listening and execution. So Yeah. And so education in your home and as a parent goes far beyond you supporting them at school. It is what are you teaching them? in the home, what interests of theirs are you helping them explore and learn? What talents are you fostering in your kids? And then how are you furthering your education? And I'm not just talking book smarts, but I'm talking about, you know, how you're showing up in life. Like, are you educating yourself on how to have this podcast? You are educating yourself, right? you know, but like in your marriage, like, are you taking steps to better your marriage? Because if you're furthering how you do life by growing, that is the best way you can parent your children by being open to education. The last one that I want to talk about, which I think is, so the hardest one for us as parents in our home is the behavior. <laughs> right. The most frustrating with all of our, all three of the kids in the home, the hardest thing I have is a lack of gratitude. Oh, 100%. And weren't you having this conversation last with, night. with I freaked with out the kids last night? Last night. I have After church, <laughs> I freaked out. Right. But um, I feel like I, I have this conversation and freak out on my son about this. All I've three never of the heard, kids I've never heard you freak out about it. Freak out about it. Yeah. I think that how you can be a great parent for your children is instilling gratitude. Because as human beings, it is so easy to focus on what we don't have. Who's wronged us? You know, we're the victims. Everyone else is crazy and we're sane. Like everything's that we look at life as a deficit. And that is what we do as adults. And that is instilled in our kids. And, you know, the fact is, yes, your kids have a deficit. Mom and dad are not together. They have two homes. They don't have one. They might not even have biological parents who get along. They might have step parents they don't really like. There is a lot in our kids' lives, if you're in a blended family, beyond the I wish I had an Xbox and I, I wish I had a car and, you know, I wish I could take drum lessons. There's and kids that just want a 
right. clean glass of water. Kids, kids, but see, when we allow our kids to look at life through eyes of like they're they're missing out and they're they're always in want and they're never satisfied and their life is so shitty because they're in a blended family and we have like if that is where our kids are living out of that is their that is how they're going to show up in your family right like just unhappy ungrateful and that comes out in attitudes that comes out in respect or disrespect and so how we are better parents is that we instill gratitude in our kids. Well, how do we do that? One, we have to model that. We have to discuss what we are grateful for. We have to have those discussions openly every day. We have to actually be grateful and be like and live that out. Joy and gratitude go hand in hand. Victimhood is not part of joy and gratitude. You can't be grateful and a victim at the same time like it and so if we could how better would our kids lives be if they were like you know what I have two loving homes I have so many parents who want to be part of my life and like I understand that there's conflict but that's just because they all really care about me you know I have two roofs over my head my head I have plenty of food to eat I have friends I have community I have a stepdad who gets me drum lessons. I have a stepdad who's going to hook me up so I can have connections to have my dreams come true. Like, if we could stop our kids from always seeing the deficit and embracing what they have, they would be happier children in our home and in our blended families. And wouldn't we all love to have happy kids in our homes? That would change everything. And it's the gratitude piece that's missing, but it's really something we can't expect from them if we're not living out. And that is an inside game situation. Like we really have to search in our hearts to find gratitude and live that out or it will not happen for our kids. So it's, it's, it's hard. Like it's the most frustrating thing with our kids, but it's something that we really have to like not always talk about what's wrong and what's bad and what we're missing well, out I think on. Con- I think it comes down a lot of times to conversations and the way things are discussed in households or in car rides or, you know, just because the kids are in the backseat doesn't mean that the kids don't hear you. Just because the kids are in their bedroom doesn't mean the kids don't hear you. Mm-hmm. And it's the conversations that you have, you know, at certain times and what those conversations are. Um, but it's also the way that we act, we react, you know, the way that we talk about people, um, the way we talk about things, but going back to, uh, you know, a few, a few pointers earlier, I think a big way that you can show gratitude, just one of the many ways, but is in prayer, you know, and been praying with our kids and teaching them how to prayer and uh, how to pray and be thankful. And, um, something I learned very young on is when I pray to be to be grateful, to be thankful. And a lot of people pray when they need something, when they're scared, when they want something, when they're, you know, it's, it's wants, asks, needs, all stuff like that. And if you change the way that your kids pray or they, you know, they think in that and they are, it's actually prayer becomes a lot of gratitude. Um, you know, relationships are both though, but if, if you make that a big part of your prayer, it helps to change things a bit too. So, yeah. And kids need a script. We aren't born knowing all things. So kids need to be told, like, 
Let's talk about five things at the dinner table before we go into our days. What are five things you're grateful for right now? And if they, because when the in when it's new, it's you can hard start to small do. Too. You can start at three things. <laughs> yeah, but when it's new, it's hard to do, and that's a very yeah. overwhelming question. And gratitude is new for people, so they might not know. So you can lead them. Like, well, are you grateful for our home? Are you grateful for your new shoes you got for the beginning of school? Are you grateful you had someone to talk to at school today? Are you grateful for this meal? Like, are you grateful you have a dad that loves you so much? Are you grateful that you got to go to the water slides? Are you grateful you got to play the drums? Are you grateful? Like, you start, and then they're like, yeah, I am. And you start getting their brains working, but they need to be led, you know. Well, you get their brains working, but now if you make this a – a, a normal this is going to be a norm every time we sit down for dinner their brains are going to think about it because they're going to be like man i have to show up i have to be ready i'm going to yeah. have to have something that and i'm that's grateful in the for forefront and of it's their the mind. forefront of their mind is something that they're thinking about all the time throughout the day and now all of a sudden this just becomes a normal thing to be grateful for things so, yeah. yeah so i think gratitude so let's go over the five things we talked about really quick in case anyone is taking notes i'm a note taker is anyone else a nose pick oh taker taker yeah, yeah. So we talked about being a better parent for your children by being financially aware, being behaviorally aware, spiritually aware, educationally aware, and gratefully aware. And can I put in underwear? I don't know. There's a bunch of wears. Only if you want to wear it. (laughs) Underwear. Underwear. There was a lot of wears. There's a lot of wears. Those are so some good ones. Let me know, let us know what your favorite thing, maybe what is one of your biggest struggles for your family, which one of these are something that you would really like to hear more about, or if you want, you can write in to us. Yeah. We keep trying to get to a let's question. Let's do it. You want to do it? We got the time. We've been promising. Let's do, let's, this is going to be a little extended. Yeah, we're just, we're right at that. We're right under an hour. Do we right have now. time? Yep, we're, we're good. We're good. We're okay. gonna we're gonna knock this out. So we are going to answer a listener's question. Um, These have been uh, we we put this off a few weeks. Not anything other than we've just been super crammed on all these podcasts. But again, if you guys are a if you guys are one of the supporters, this is something we're gonna promise that if you guys write in, you will definitely get an answer back. So we're just. We're so slammed with questions and answers, and our podcasts are just getting very pointed. And we're just trying to make this a better experience for everyone. So let's put that out there. A little disclaimer. Yeah. So the focus of this question is basically there are their fiancéd. Fiancé? Yeah. And they don't live together yet. Yeah. Um, and they're waiting until marriage and stuff to live together. But basically, like... Um, the problem is my oldest, who is kind of an old soul and very mature for his age, cannot stand my fiance's son, who is six months younger and is very immature. He acts the same as my seven-and-a-half-year-old. It's not the immaturity that's the problem. It's the fact of my fiance's son constantly lies, even over stupid stuff that doesn't matter. He steals and... At first, it was little things, but it's gotten progressively worse. Progressive, progressively? Is that a word? I think that's a spaghetti sauce. He stole credit cards from my dad, money from a family friend, headphones from my son. These are just a few examples. This has gone on for a year and a half, and we haven't had proof until recently. His dad has taken everything away from him, 
minus human essentials, but it doesn't seem to matter to him. We have a couples therapist that we see who has a blended family of her own, and she has no answer for us. This is how I stumbled upon your podcast three weeks ago. I'm on episode 40 now. (laughs) So maybe you've (laughs) addressed something similar in the following 60 episodes, but I'm at my wit's end. This has caused fights between my fiance and I because his child shows no remorse and continues to do this, and I'm feeling like I don't want to live with his child. I love my fiance dearly, and we are trying to tackle this problem as a team, but I feel like I have children to protect, and no one wants to live in a home where they're going to have to lock everything up just so a step-sibling won't steal while they are gone. Help. I kind of I kind of got this one. Um I'm going to I'm going to go drink my coffee. <laughs> Are so. you who am I going to talk to while you're drinking coffee? Um yeah. I think one of the biggest things we already kind of touched on this is taking stuff away. I'm like I can take all the stuff away from my kid and he gets mad a little bit at the beginning, but then he just does not care. So I think we already talked about this a little bit earlier and it was you make them earn stuff back. You may, you don't just take stuff away and leave it away. The human essentials, obviously, you know, they get, but they have to earn stuff back at that point. Um, the And how might this child earn stuff back? I mean, if lying is an issue, so if he's not lying, that's a changed behavior and that's a way to earn stuff yeah. back. If he replaces stuff, I don't know. What is What are some ideas for earning things back in this There's situation? things like, for instance, I, she's like, if you guys can see this, she's like off screen, like drinking. I thought this was a conversational piece. I but have a headache. I know, so do I'm I. I'm trying to drink the caffeine. But she's drinking caffeine right now. Um, you said you had this. I, d- I do, but it's a conversation to have. Um, you really, like, see, I can't have a conversation by myself. There's no one to talk to here. Sorry, you guys. I'm Julie here is present. really misbehaving <laughs> at the end of this. You need to ha- you need to basically love and be present to this kid. This kid is acting out of, you know, uh, uh, I I don't know. Well, <laughs> well. <coughs> Sorry, too much coffee. Too much coffee. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. I think you have to get to the why. Why is he lying and stealing? You can't fix a problem if you don't want to know what the problem is. Well, th- I think they're trying to. I think they're trying to get to this why, and the therapist can't seem to well, figure it out. Because but you the therapist, there, it's a, it's a couples therapist. Okay, we're not dealing with a child. We're trying to fix the child through the couple, and it's it's, ba- it's ass backwards. Yeah, no, it starts. Yeah, it starts with the child. It sounds like the couple gets along just fine. It needs to be the child needs to to go to therapy and figure out what this lying and stealing is about. It could be that it's not something you and your fiance can fix on your own. It doesn't sound like that. So if you're a Christian couple, you know, obviously inviting God into a situation, nothing can remain the same. Good or bad. I, I mean, not good or bad, but like if you invite God into this situation and you're really on the fence about getting married and moving in because of this child, I mean, you might not like what God answers that, but if you invite him into the situation, well, he will heal it or he will reveal to you that maybe this isn't for you. Maybe this isn't for your kids. You have to be open when you invite God in that you might not get the answer you want, but you might get the answer you need. He might be able to heal it. Like, well, God can heal anything, but 
My point is, if you're a, if you're a faith based human, that is step one, and that's something that I'm really learning and leaning into right now. So I'm on fire for that. So step two is this child really needs to get figured out what's at the bottom of the stealing and the lying. Well, I think a big part of this is before, like something that they mentioned, there was no proof before, but somehow they knew. So I think that there needs to be accountability. I think that you guys need to not hesitate on calling this kid out on everything, not just bio dad, but you need to. Um, stepbrother needs to, stepsisters if they're involved, whoever's in the household, if something goes on, accountability. It may be not just for this kid who's doing the stealing and everything, but just count accountability in the household. If you guys are screwing up one way or another, you guys all have a pact that there's accountability. And if there's accountability and there's consequences and punishment for account, you know, for misbehaviors, then people are going to start to to think twice. You know, you look at what's going on in our country right now. There's no accountability. There's no misbehavioral punishments. So look at the things that have happened over yeah. the time and look at what the statistics are right now of what's going on. And that's because there's no accountability and there's no punishment for misbehaviors. Now, when there is, things change. Yeah. Statistics lower. That's right. And it's, yes, accountability if you can get if you can model that and it's that's a slow burn and it's hard when you're in a when you're in a fiance situation because you're like I want to get married we're like it, it seems like the ring goes on and then it's like okay let's get married but the thing is if it's I'm gonna say this but I'm gonna say this and I'm gonna understand what it's gonna sound like but if this isn't situate if this is not resolved before you move in and walk down the aisle, you really need to be okay with this never changing. Because if you make that commitment and move in before resolution or there's any kind of like you're okay with it, things may not change. Like that's as much as they could, they could not. So it's unfair to all the kids, including him, to get married just to break up again. And so I would really not walk down the aisle until you either feel good about like everyone living together or it's resolved and this child has had an epiphany and changed behavior because it's going to make things really, really hard. And marriage isn't going to help anything in this situation. It actually will probably make it worse, complicate things. Not that it's not, not that it's going to complicate things in a bad way. It's just going to complicate it's things new because there's new dynamics and there's new commitments. That's right. And there, it's already starting to become more accountability. There's yeah. more accountability at that point. Yeah. But it's something that you need to get everyone on the page of the same page of. Yeah. And it needs to be an open discussion. It seems like everyone's kind of known about it, but kind of kept it hush hush. I know. What would it look like to sit around as a family and discuss this issue and to ask the kids how are we going to live together with this going on? And let the kids have kind of a lead open discussion about that and see what happens. Like sometimes you have to understand in therapy, just as you, you would sit around a family, things often get worse before they get better. Like often people, people families, marriages have to hit rock bottom 
before we can come back up. Why it's the human condition, I don't know. We have to lose everything to find everything. I don't get it. It's just how we're made. So understand that as you, if you start kit this child in therapy, if you, and that's one way he can earn back some of the things he got taken away. Really good idea is if you have a child resistant to counseling or therapy and you've taken all their things away to be like, listen, to earn back your phone, you have to have 10 therapy sessions under your belt or whatever is appropriate. So cool. Like you have a choice, I guess, but you're not getting this. I mean, you have to stick to whatever you say, but it's a way for them to earn it back. And then it becomes their choice and they're involved. You know, um, one of the ways that kids can earn things back is by giving back to the community. So, you know, like if your kid's an ungrateful little brat, well, maybe they go help out at the soup kitchen and give food to homeless people. And then maybe they'll be grateful. They do that 10 times. They get their video game system back. Like you give them opportunity and a choice um, to make good decisions and, and to get shaped into the person you want them to be um, so they can earn back stuff. Um, but I think that you can't tackle this until you know the why. And I don't think that your couple's therapist is an appropriate person because the child's not involved and it's about the child. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I feel like, but I would say don't get married until this is like, so I, would you agree? I'm a hundred percent with you on that because it, it's not going to get things better. And if you're on the fence about it, it's yeah. going to really be like, mm, you know, like don't cross that bridge. If you're not sure that it's going to hold up, you know, make sure that yeah. you're a hundred percent confident about right. this before it goes into that. And this goes for everybody who's engaged and not married yet. Before you walk down the aisle, really spend some time considering if nothing changes from right now, will I be happy forever? Because people think that marriage is just going to be this magical unicorn situation. Everything gets fixed or like, I'll be able, like, are you really going to be able to live with this between for like 30, 40, 50 years? Like, are you going to be able to swallow sand for 30, 40, 50 years? Are you going to be able to put up with this? Like, you might be able to put up with it for a little while, but shit, like, let me tell you, right? Shit gets old real quick, especially when you don't have a wedding to focus on, you know? So if, you know, ask yourself if nothing else changed from right now, is it sustainable forever? All right. Well, I don't know if if you guys have any more questions on this stuff, I actually know I'm a, a really, ray of sunshine. I know a really good health and life coach that can help you guys figure your stuff out. So if if you guys are like, they're right, I'm listening to this. This is something, but I need more. I need more. I need more. I need more insight. I need to know more about this. Then contact Julie because she can help you get there. I feel like it starts within yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, the basis of my coaching business is nothing changes unless you do. Some people don't want to change. I feel like some people are like, I love who I am yeah, and I don't want to change. Yeah, coaching is not for you. I want everyone around me to change. Yeah. The, well, that is completely disempowering. When you ex- when your happiness is reliant on other people or a situation, it's like you're handing your power out to everyone else. And so what I do in my coaching business is it's all inner game work. It is about figuring out who you want to be and then showing up as that person and setting goals and getting you there. So what do you want in your roles in your blended family? What do you want for your children? 
and how can we get you there? And the thing is, is that your real power is in how you transform. Because if you're transformed, if you're different, your relationships are forced to shift. You know, if you're showing up as a whole, complete, empowered person, how people step up to you and and do life with you is going to shift. It can't stay the same. So relationships shift based on your change and that is your power but people don't see it like that so you can email me at becoming heard now at gmail.com becoming heard now at gmail.com if you want a free breakthrough session or to inquire about coaching um let me know all right well that was a packed episode it was, it was long. There was a lot in that. So long and strong. If Down you guys to get ma- the friction on. Oh, so I thought you fellas, had a headache. Yeah, what are you doing? Fellas, I coffee. <laughs> oh, she has a headache and a coffee and a dance party. <laughs> Anyways, if you guys made it all the way to the end with hell us. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Thanks for being here with us. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that thumbs up button. Ring the bell for the notifications if you're on YouTube. And um we just appreciate you guys being here with us. I can't even tell people enough. Like it's just It's wonderful that you guys are here with us, helping us grow as a blended family community. And just thank you for being a part of it. So till next time, till next time, we'll see you guys next time. We are the blended life. Hey, it's Julie again. I hope this episode of Blended Life started a conversation that you will finish in your home. But I get it, right? Sometimes you need more. My offer still stands. If I can interest you in a free one-on-one breakthrough session with me to see if coaching is right for you, contact me now at becomingheardnow at gmail.com and let's get you unstuck. Becomingheardnow at gmail.com. I look forward to it.